In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with Ian Right, Right, Right in Chicago. How are you, Ian? I am good. How are you, sir? And we're going to try and do the 50 Freeman roster prediction. I want to see how close we get and do the practice squad as well. So um, it's going to be quite exciting. We've only got four or five more sleeps until we have to get our 50 Freeman roster in. Yes, doomsday is around the corner, if I'm not mistaken. 1,184 players will lose their jobs here within the next week. So, big days in the NFL circles. Ian, we're a positive podcast. You can't come on and give us all that doom and gloom so early. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this podcast is going live on a Tuesday. So, you've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, four nights. And then Browns have to put their 53-man roster in. But actually, Ian, quick question. How many offense and defense what's your split so right now i'm sitting on the the defense outweighing the offense so i've got right now with my penciled in uh, a 23 27 split there's obviously a 53 man roster three specialists the names are insignificant for the numbers but i could feasibly see a 24 26 but i definitely see the numbers favoring the defense uh just based on the way this roster is kind of built right now in camp Ian, educate me. How much does this go up to? Does teams ever have like a 30-20 or normally a couple difference only? I would say you're only looking at a standard deviation maybe of two guys. A 30-20 would be a little too weighted. I know a couple years ago, um, Mike Pettin really wanted some DBs, so he put nine guys on there, only carried five uh, wide receivers. So the guys will really kind of split it up, but I couldn't see anybody really dropping below that 23-27 split, just really depending on the special teams, how you're going to have your guys broken down there, just solely based on the numbers. You don't want to carry four wide outs. Injuries are such a part of the game nowadays. You have to have a backup to the backup almost at every position. Yeah, okay. And we're just going to go about what's on our roster versus what externally is out there. So yeah. I'm going to go with it. Baker Mayfield, Dranton. And Gilbert, our three quarterbacks. Yeah, I see them carrying three. What's odd is when a lock standpoint, Baker is a lock. There's obviously no doubt about it. I'm not 100% sold on Drew Stanton being a lock. I know the value he brings. But I see them keeping Garrett Gilbert guaranteed. Stanton, I have him penciled in as yellow, which is a probable. But I don't have him in green like the other guys. Just because I feel like if they were going to make a move or they were presented with something, I see them carrying three quarterbacks, but it would not shock me if Drew Stanton uh, was not there uh, week one or week two. Watching building the Browns this week, have you seen it? I have not. I will be watching that tonight. Interestingly, Stanton and Freddie Kitchens were all on the same team at Arizona. Yes, yeah. And then I also believe their quarterback coach, Ryan Lindley, uh, was in there that's as well. It. Yeah, that's it, exactly. But, he, was, yeah. he was the quarterback. Freddie was teaching him and... And uh, it was in the building the Browns. It's really interesting little piece. I'm going to have to check it out. But here's my question for you. Baker goes down. Do you want Garrett Gilbert trotting out second string or do you want Drew Stanton coming out for your second string? 
My answer to that as a Browns fan is uh, Gilbert. See, I think he has more upside, but I understand Stanton's value. He's the cerebral, you know, quarterback guy in the room. So I see his value, but I think from a, a terms of playing order, Gilbert's probably ascended into that second. I think he's just got a more lively arm. I think he makes a little bit quicker decisions. Stanton's more your game manager, but if I need a game, I think I have a little bit more confidence in Garrett Gilbert right now. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head. Drew Stanton's won NFL games. He may be a better callback out there when it comes to actually trying to get the win yeah. and uh, managing the game. Running backs, Chubb, Hilliard, Dernis Johnson, obviously with Hunt coming through later on. Any mm -hmm. changes in that? I have three running backs, and then I also kind of have a split-out spot because they brought in the fullback, Joe Carriage, and then also against Tampa, they were running to Valve. So I think that Chubb, Hilliard, and Johnson are a lock. Obviously, if they find somebody that would be one-upping uh, Dearness Johnson, they could bring him in. So for me, I have Chubb and Hilliard locks, and then I have Probable as Dearness Johnson. But for that fullback, fourth running back type of role, I think that you could really see Dorsey do something where it's kind of a fullback, H-back, um, tight end, because the talent, that's kind of the biggest weaknesses in our roster is, you know, carriage is kind of battled injury. This is where like that Braxton Miller-ish role comes in where the Duke Johnson, that pass catcher kind of, you know, Swiss army knife type of a back. So if they add somebody to the roster, I could definitely see them adding that type of player who's kind of that, that all-inclusive H-back, tight end, scat-back kind of guy. So while I think they're going to carry four right now, I think maybe only three of them are on our roster. There's a question I wanted to ask you, is, Ian, is how many teams this day and age have the uh, halfback or fullback? A lot of your split offenses do where they'll use an outside running back um, or it's, you know, it's become such a running back by committee league that some teams are even going to those three. I mean, even Indianapolis, who we had last week, will run. Marlon Mack and Naheem Himes or you know even last year they had Jordan Wilkins in there so a lot of teams are going with this three running back and where that's where they utilize that H-back role but I mean a while back you had Percy Harvin in that role for Seattle so teams have kind of been really creative with that spot and I think if there's a spot on the roster on an offensive skill position that could be up for grabs it could be something like that and I think maybe that's one of the reasons they brought in Braxton Miller because Braxton can run the ball he can move it so maybe not specifically him, but you could see someone in his type of mold that maybe Kitchens knows or is a little for, more familiar with coming in there to fill that spot. Joe Kedrick doesn't make your roster, though. If they're dire for a fullback, I mean, carriage is a little bit crazy from everything that I've seen. Um, but right now, his inability to be on the field is probably his worst ability. You know, he just he's hurt. So I haven't really seen much from him on the field. I know he had a couple positive reps in, in camp, but until I really see him, I mean, I can't really give anybody a spot on this roster because, I mean, it's 30-35 guaranteed deep. So Austin Charles would have been on my roster, but obviously he's been uh, cut. So going into tight ends, Duku, Harris, and I have to say Seth DeValve if we're not going with a fullback. So this is where I'm a little outside of the box. And one of the reasons mine is a 23-27 split, I have is going into week one with only two tight ends on the roster. And that's a little bit outside of the norm with Najoku and Harris. But if you remember right, Rico Gathers, a guy they just brought in a couple weeks ago, is on a one-game suspension. So he's exempt from the roster as well as Antonio Callaway and Kareem Hunt. So if the Browns wanted to keep an extra guy, 
you know, I haven't really seen much from Farrell Brown, Seth DeValve, or Steven Carlson, even though maybe Brown or Carlson's practice squad, but none of those guys, I mean, we kept hearing about Seth DeValve's potential. You know, a guy out of Princeton with freakish jumping ability, played a wide out. We just haven't seen it. He's constantly battling some sort of an injury. So if he makes the roster, it could be in that scat back, H back, tight end blocking type of role. But I definitely see them attacking tight end in the, you know, the, un- the free agent market once cuts are made. But for right now, it would not shock me for them to go into week one with only two tight ends, knowing that Rico Gathers then becomes available in week two. He's also a big body, so maybe they want to develop him a little bit. But from a week one standpoint, I only have two tight ends on my guaranteed roster with DeValve as a lower possibility probable. But right now, I don't really have a, a, a leader in the clubhouse for that third tight end spot. So if Dorsey and them wanted to keep an extra safety linebacker or DB, this is how they do it. This is how they do it. They go in with only two tight ends, and that gives them a little bit more flexibility on the defensive end. You know, you look at it, does Anthony Zettel as a D-end give you more value than Farrell Brown or Seth DeValve does as a tight end? Game week one, who plays your fullback then? As a fullback, they may just go traditional and not have one. I mean, I know that we yearn from the days of Lawrence Vickers. Uh, Browns fans will remember that name, but it would not shock me against Tennessee if Freddie comes out. You know, they keep six wideouts on the roster, and they say, you know what, we're going to go Chubb and Dearness Johnson and say we don't need a fullback. You know, it just depends on the game plan. We're talking about one week. If they spread it out, the weather's going to be all right. You're not really into the ground and pound football just quite yet. So, See, if we didn't need a fullback, I'd have gone with Farrell Brown over Seth DeValve. But uh, Seth DeValve's been playing, had lots of snaps as uh, a fullback against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. In that scat, my question is, does he stay healthy? And I, I, would, I would best guess that we're going to see him in that fourth preseason game because I know he was out for the first few weeks of camp, so he's going to need reps. So he's one definitely to keep uh, an eye out for, uh, for, for game four here on Thursday. So. And, and I'm going to ask the question again. So you're telling me you think Seftaval is going to get cut. It wouldn't shock me. I have him as you know, low-end probable if they need a guy. I, if he makes the team, I would not be shocked if within the first few days he's cut. Kind of that Carl Nassib best that we had last year where you make the initial 53, but then once roster cuts and waiver claims go through, he ends up finding his way uh, out. Just because he hasn't, you know, the greatest nickname I ever heard from him was Spark DeValve because his <laughs> Spark score was so high. We just haven't seen it. You know, he, I get he's got all the potential, but, you know, show me. And he, he really hasn't done it for me. Great catch of the ball, got to say. When, when he's on the field. So. Well, that, that's the big shock from, from yourself, Seth DeValve. I personally, if the fullback wasn't a real question mark, I think um, Frau Brown goes over him. But I've put him in there because I haven't got a solution to the fullback. So let's go O-line. Greg Robinson, Batonio, JC Tretter, Kush. Hubbard, there's your starting O-line. Mm-hmm. You can't get rid of Corbett, I don't think. Lamb, swing tackle, Forbes, and Kyle Callis. So, Kalis is battling the concussion. So, I think you're, as I call him, green goes are, you know, Greg Robinson, I think, is on this team. I, I don't see any way they really kind of get rid of him. They got him on that one-year deal. Joel Batonio, obviously, an all-pro guard. He's not going anywhere. J.C. Treader, I think you can pretty much put him uh, in pen. However, his name has been out there with trade talks. 
I just don't think Austin Corbett's done enough for them to take somebody as reliable as Trevor off the line. I mean, we saw they had some communication issues. You don't want to lose a guy like Treader. I think he's on the team. And the other one I think that is pretty much guaranteed to make a spot is Drew Forbes. I think that they, they're not going to let this guy go through waivers. Um, he's taking first-team snaps now. Um, so I think he's pretty much a lock. And that leaves Cush uh, and Hubbard and Corbett probables. I, I, I can see scenarios where they wouldn't make the team. However, I don't know if there's better options out there. But, I mean, Cush didn't really show me all that much against Tampa. You know, he's got a couple technique issues. Um, Hubbard, I think they really brought him in a lot with Todd Haley, um, you know, the working together at Pittsburgh. Again, wouldn't be shocked. I'd have to look at the contract details from him. I know they paid him a lot of money last year. Um, but if I'm Cush, Hubbard, and Corbett, or even Lamb, one of those guys may not be there. And then the other option is, is uh, there may be a ninth O-lineman added. You know, you start looking into the, the Brian Witzmans and those guys. You could feasibly see some change-ups in that room. I don't know how solidified and happy they are with that combo. I think you've got three or four guys that are for sure, and then you think you got a couple okay, and then you got a couple that are, you know, can be replaced by anybody. So, so if we didn't go with Callis, who would be your one person to potentially replace him? So I know one guy they really like from with Kalis is they have a center right now, uh, Willie Wright. Um, I think he's a practice squad type of guy. Um, he's shown a couple things. He's got a couple things with technique that he needs to work on. He gets a little bit high up at times. But I could see them keeping, you know, Lamb, Forbes, maybe 8-0 linemen to start. If they're going to go with another player on offense, I could see them adding a ninth. You know, that's when you start looking at the guys – I just the tackle depth right now just doesn't do it for me. I mean, they they brought in Brad Seaton, who's he's kind of a, a average at best. You know, Travis Bornicle and you know Brian Finagafo. Okay, I mean these guys. I, I see them going out in the market, seeing what tackles are out there. Um, I don't think they're really sold on any of those guys. That's why it's tough for me to give a. Uh, an offensive line in that ninth spot when there's so many more deserving guys on the other side of the ball. So it doesn't shock me if they go in two tight ends, eight linemen. You know, you have Cush, Corbett, and Forbes that have interior flexibility. Lamb could be your outside guy, but it's really going to depend on what, that, what happens after the cuts because I would say the back half of that O-lineman room, they, they're going to be watching the, uh, the headlines uh, come cut day. I can definitely say if, if Kyle uh, Callis doesn't get, make the uh, roster, then um, definitely, like we said, a, a body will be picked with them mm-hmm. to be upgraded on Sunday. Yeah, and, and he's available. I mean, is he cleared concussion protocol? I know he's a local kid, you know, from St. Ignatius, so I'm sure that'd be a great story, but I don't even know if he's out of concussion protocol. I haven't seen his name lately. So that may be one of those ones where they just try to slip him through to IR. You know, one of the common tactics you have in this fourth week, as we saw with DJ Montgomery, is the old, you know, IR and stash technique where a hamstring injury, oh, that's going to last too long. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's a couple of guys that maybe get dinged up that they really like that they kind of stash away. Ryan Weissman's obviously got NFL experience. Yeah. So we, may, we may see him, but I haven't seen a lot of him in preseason. Yeah, and um, I know that no, Nathan's girl at Browns Daily kind of pointed that out, that he's kind of just disappeared the last two weeks. You know, it was one of those ones are, is he that safe on the roster? I haven't seen much. So 
you know, I think maybe James Campen and Freddie Kitchens are the only ones that really know about that. So, you know, if he gets in there, he could be your, uh, your ninth O-lineman, maybe Cush. It, it's up in the air. I mean, you really have some flexibility there. And I do see them making some changes because realistically, 45 guys on that NFL roster out of 50, those last five spots are interchangeable. I mean, if you watch through the season, guys are signed and released and moved to practice squad. So unless you're in that top 42, 43, those guys I think are constantly checking to see what's going on with the team because there's definitely some moving and shaking at the bottom of the roster. And I think the O-line, these these backup O-linemen, are where you're going to see maybe a couple moves. Yeah, I've just um, Googled it. Uh, Scott Pentrack, friend of the show, just said he's still out of concussion. So that's a couple hours ago. He's still in concussion protocol? Yeah. Yeah. So he's one of those guys they may just – because I know they liked a little bit of what he did towards the end of last year when they brought him in. And, you know, I know he's been working with uh, with Charles Bentley, former Brown Center, with his um, OL Performance Academy. So I know Kalis is big into that, and I think he does have some upside. And I think he was a forefront. I mean, he was up there in that right guard spot. But, you know, he got banged in that first preseason game with that concussion, and we haven't seen him since. So the wide receiver room. Breaking news is that Strong is no longer part of the uh, Browns organization. It hasn't been confirmed by Cleveland Browns. But, Ian, what's your thoughts on that? I think here we have the classic case of Dorsey going to a player and saying, hey, I'm not thinking you're going to make this team. Letting him get his release early before the fourth preseason game, this gives him a chance to kind of catch on with another team. I think Jalen Strong is an NFL-caliber receiver. I think what happens is on a team like this with this type of depth, I'm still convinced that you have four locks in the wide receiver room with it being Beckham, Landry, Higgins, and Ratley. I think Ratley is just a guy they really have a lot of faith in. It's kind of that guy. Him and Willie's were on the bubble. Strong now is out because I think mainly they look at that wide receiver four when Cowley comes back to the wide receiver five slot. You have to be able to do something on special teams. Strong as being a special teams guy. He doesn't exactly have the versatility to move outside or in. He's kind of a designated single role. Um, one of they didn't. They said, "Hey, you know, I went back and rewatched the second quarter of the preseason game against Tampa. He was a little rounded on a couple of his routes. Didn't create much separation. Baker put a couple balls right in there that he wasn't able to get his hands on. Didn't really show me he's ready to take that next step. And so Dorsey basically said, "Hey, I got other guys I'd rather see here." So. Have a nice day, Mr. Strong. Hopefully you catch on uh, with another with another team. So I definitely do think he gets signed to someone else. I think he has that starting potential to be in somebody's top four, just not ours. It's too deep. Yeah, Jeff Risden put a nice article up. He's on the show tomorrow, and uh, he was mentioning very much a numbers game. Like you said, special teams. He is older. He is more mature. But more mileage on the clocks. He's not as good as the other guys on special teams. So it makes sense to uh, move on. For myself, I'm a lot more confident on Willie's making the roster. I think he's definitely going to make it now with Strong going. Who's your um, sixth uh, person that's going to make the roster? Um, At this point, I think it opens up that door for if they're going to go with a sixth wide receiver um, with Callaway on the four-game suspension. You start looking at Braxton Miller and saying, does he have a chance? Has he shown him enough in that short period of time? I think you're right. I think Willie's right now kind of solidifies that five spot. 
not necessarily because he's a better receiver than uh, than Jalen Strong, because I see a lot of people out there, well, how did, how did Derek Willies make the team over Jalen Strong? It's more of what he does in his role. So I think we're looking for that guy in that sixth spot, if they go with it, that really needs to kind of be the multi, you know, versatile type of guy. He needs to play on specials, needs to have a role in the offense. I think maybe Braxton Miller, Ishmael Hyman both kind of fill that role. Again, I think Sheehy Giuseppe's look on the outside looking in on that one. But there is a strong possibility. Maybe they always start the season with five. I mean, I know that we've talked about how the defensive side of the ball just has more talent. So from a special team standpoint, you know, I had mentioned earlier that a lot of specialty guys are coming from that defensive side of the ball. Maybe there's somebody they have in mind, but I think if they do go with that sick, you have a guy like Braxton or even a guy like Ishmael Hyman that may kind of uh, get in there. But again, that that does open the door for a guy like Dorian Baker, maybe on the practice squad. But for right now, I think your four locks, like I said, Beckham, Landry, Higgins, and Ratley. And then I think Willie's just a strong, strong probable. Callaway has, I think, a little bit more return versatility, but he also plays inside. So he does play in that position where Braxton would line up. So I think, yeah, if we're going comparison, I think that Braxton's probably the closest thing you have in that, in that realm. But Hyman's shown you a lot as well. I know that he kind of had a little brief AFL career, but I think they've seen a lot out of him. And I know that he has a pretty good rapport with the Garrett Gilbert. So, you know, it's definitely something to watch here on Thursday night to see which wide receiver is going to get the most reps because one of those guys has shown them enough that they felt comfortable enough moving on from Jalen Strong. So here we go. OBJ, Hollywood, Landry, Willies, Ratley, and uh, Brexton Miller until Callaway comes back. Yeah. And I think then you could look at even when Callaway comes back, then keeping Braxton around and maybe possibly moving him to the practice squad. Um, you know, I, I know we'll get into that, the practice squad a little bit more, but yeah, I think it definitely creates Strong's kind of been a journeyman a little bit, had some injury, you know, background as a receiver. Like I said, it was just something that they didn't see a role for him and said, we need our fourth and fifth wide receiver to be dominant on specials not necessarily as a receiver for the first few weeks. So, okay, well, let's move over to the defense and just to refresh me. So you only used up 23 offense there yeah for my pencil then i have 23 but i feasibly could see 24 but i if i'm taking the 24th on offense i have to lose one of my db safeties so i like these guys better so the unqualified john dorsey that i am right now i would have it 23 27 with the players available to me but like i said i could lose one of my dbs and that could add one to the offensive side so garrett Richardson, Okajobi. That is arguably one of the best defensive lines in football. I mean, I think the Tampa Bay offensive line is still having nightmares watching those guys come at him. I mean, that that was a schlacking. And then behind it, Chris Smith, I think he's been playing really well. I think he's locked yeah. on. I think he's a lock as well. Avery, locked on. So Avery's odd because they have him listed kind of in that Sam linebacker side. And, you know, I checked out your podcast with, uh, with Jack the other day, and he was mentioning about Chris Smith moving inside. I think the guy they may move inside is Chad Thomas. He's a little bit bigger, has a little bit more of that bull rush skill set. So I think Chad Thomas is a lock on this team. I think those are the six guys on the D-line, the four starters, Smith and Thomas. And I think that Devereaux Lawrence, after his performance against Tampa, is just about as close to being a lock as you could possibly be. I'd be sh- If he doesn't play on Thursday, you can, you can write him in a pen. He's in. Avery's locked on, though, Ian. Yeah, I have him in my linebacker room. Okay. Uh the way he's been playing recently, I've stuck him in as, as the D-line. Then there's yeah two names that I think potentially, depending how it lines up, 
Zettel, Coley are probably on the bubble. I have this. I have both Zettel and Coley on my 53 marked as probable. I think Zettel's done enough against the run. I think he really can set the edge. Uh, I think he's in his fourth year now. The guy just makes plays. I mean, he even made some plays towards the end of last year. And just kind of looking at, I don't see a Wyatt Ray or a Gerald Owens or any of these guys really overtaking him. So if they can get Avery as that Sam linebacker in that room, you could feasibly keep the, you know, the D linemen where you want it to be. You know, you have your four starters, then you have another five guys rotating between the ends and then the tackles. Because I have the D tackles as Coley and Lawrence, Ogunjobi and Richardson. So those four guys. And then on the edges, I've got Zettel, Thomas, and Smith with Vernon and Garrett. Thomas being the guy that can kind of rotate in because they've, Wilkes is now, has shown the propensity. He could go to that bare front and go with a five. I mean, even some of their bases, they'll only go with the two linebacker sets where they'll go, you know, the five, two, four, maybe even a four, two, five. So they really have positional flexibility. You know, if they want to go five across the line, they got some big boys that they can put in there. That D that D line is, you know, that room is just so deep. It's really hard to get rid of some of these guys. I just think that if there's even a trade, it may come from that room, a guy like Zettel or a guy like, you know, Chris Smith, but I think they just, are, they love having that guy. I mean, Chris Smith was making plays all over the field. So here we go, Ian. So last week I did a predictive roster two weeks ago. I actually did something very similar. I put 10, 10 guys in there with Avery, similar uh, to what you, you've said. And uh, I got shot down online saying there's no way we're having 10. Let's just talk about this, okay? There's a gun to your head. Sorry, mate. I don't like putting guns to people's heads. Oh. But you're fine. We're going to go with Avery Isaiah uh, on the D-line. You can only pick nine. Who are you going to cut if you had to come to that choice? You're probably then moving Zettel out. I think Zettel was probably the ninth, tenth man in that room. Um, just because not anything that he's doing wrong. I just think you have a similar skill set with Thomas and Smith. Thomas obviously is a little bit bigger. Zettel's a guy that also can slide inside. Um, so I'd say that Chad Thomas bumps him out. Um, but if you're going, if you can't, if you're moving Avery into the D line, are you then saying six linebackers? Yes. Okay. Are you saying five? No, you're saying I would, six right with now Avery. I have it as, I have it as nine D line, seven in the linebacker room. Ooh. Okay. Well, let's, let's move straight onto the linebacker room. Let's hear your seven. Yeah. So right now I think Kirksey, Schobert, Mac Wilson, Taki Taki, and Avery obviously are my five locks. Now, I know that there's been a lot of talk about some trading from position of strength. Um, I mean, I've seen stats that Schobert's grading out well in the preseason for if you put any stock into that. Um, but kind of the conversation you and Jack were having, putting a quantitative analysis, you know, Schobert's coming into a, a, a deal year. You know, Kirksey is obviously on some big money. So people have kind of just naturally connected dots saying that these are the guys that can move. I just don't see them going with a rookie middle linebacker you know, either Wilson or Taki Taki to try to run that middle. Schobert's just one of those cerebral guys that makes everybody. I mean, you watched him in Tampa. He's moving guys left and right. I just don't see them taking him out of the locker room right now, even off the field. I mean, that would be a, that would be a shock to me. I'd be more shocked to see them trade Schobert than a guy like Kirksey, you know. But I think that the linebacker room with those five, they brought in Ardarius uh, Taylor, the special teams guy from Tampa. That guy proves his weight. I mean, he's out there all the time. And Ray Ray Armstrong, I mean, that guy makes plays. He had a couple dumb penalties. But I, this is where I stack the defense. 
a guy like Ray Ray Armstrong to me is a lot more valuable than a Joe Carriage, you know? So those guys on special teams, I don't see pre for giving up talent like that, but it wouldn't shock me. I've got those are Taylor and Armstrong as probables, but um, they just contribute so much on special teams. That's why I think it's going to be hard for them to get let go. Yeah. Taylor and Armstrong are basically a special team. They're on the roster and you've got four main linebackers, which Avery obviously added as five Mm -hmm. show, but, Kurtz is your vets, and then you've obviously got the the uh, youngsters of Taki Taki and uh, Matt Wilson. So yeah, yep. Okay, we all agree on that. Now, cornerback room: Denzel Ward, Mitchell, Greedy Williams, TJ Carey. You starting four? Yeah, I think all four of them make it without question. Um, this is one of the unique times where. Dorsey has built a roster that has so much positional flexibility in the back. You have Demarius Randall, who many Browns fans remember played cornerback against Josh Gordon. You know, you've got Eric Murray who's played corner, you know, you've got guys that can do multiple things. So in that DB room, you got those four as a lock. And then I think if you're going to keep that fifth guy, the guy I've seen making plays is, Robert Jackson, he's been out there a few times. But I think you have Tavier Thomas, Philip Gaines, Robert Jackson, Donnie Lewis, and Lindsey Pipkins all fighting for that last cornerback spot. I think they're going to keep five DBs. Four of them are, you know, can buy homes. But that fifth spot is going to be one of those guys and then maybe a couple of them make it to the practice squad. But, you know, Philip Gaines is the six-year vet. Jackson's been making plays on special teams. He's made a couple big hits. Um, Donnie Lewis is their seventh round pick out of Tulane. So all these guys are vying to that last spot. And then I think a couple of them will hang around after cuts on the practice squad. But, you know, that fifth cornerback spot is kind of right now the one that's up for grabs. Yeah, mate, I, I can't agree anymore. I think it is the one of the biggest positions on our roster battles at the moment is that uh, – fifth cornerback position because the four are so locked on and then all of them that you mentioned Pippins uh Thomas Gaines who's the other guy Jackson Jackson and then Donnie Lewis yeah you know you don't want to be giving up your uh, draft capital so early you know five five players potentially fighting for um one spot so a huge battle I think yeah I agree and I think from what I checked Jackson Lewis Pipkins and Thomas all have practice squad eligibility, Thomas being the one that maybe, but I know that Pipkins, Jackson, and Lewis do. So I would almost think that the one that makes that, two out of the remaining four possibly could be on the practice squad. Gaines has the advantage being in the sixth year. So if you gave Gaines that fifth spot, then those guys could be vying for two practice squad spots. Because I think that there's a lot of talent there. So, I, you know, Two of them, I think, would for sure make it through to the practice squad. Sorry, mate. Who are you going to go with for your uh, fifth one? I have right now, I have it as Philip Gaines, and I'm only giving it to him based on his veteran status. But much to what Jack was saying about salary, Gaines costs more. So if they want to maybe save a little bit of cash there, they could go with a young guy like Robert Jackson or Tavier Thomas. Um, it was just going to play down to the numbers. So right now, I have Gaines in there. But it could be interchangeable. That wouldn't shock me if they went a different way, just based on what they are preferring out of their special team skill set. So I went with Gaines and Lewis to have six cornerbacks. Oh, you went six. Okay. 
So did now did you go with six safeties or did you go with five? I've gone with five safeties now. And and this is where obviously people online are saying, well, yeah, let's look at them as defensive backs versus individual rooms, especially with this uh, swimmy the nickel position. Mm-hmm. So, safeties. Who are your uh, safeties? I think Randall Murray and Whitehead are your three guys that are locks. I know they brought in Morgan Burnett and uh, Sheldrick Redwine, who I have as being most likely probable. Redwine's kind of tailed off a little bit here the last couple weeks we'll see maybe he's one of those guys that gets banged up and just kind of sits on ir but i could see him making it and then that last safety spot i actually have six safety because i went five db six justin burris has kind of shown me a lot but he's that kind of position that you could go either way but yeah randall murray and whitehead to me are locks Redwine and burnett are right there underneath it i think they really like the veteran presence that burnett brings um, I'd have to look at the details of the guaranteed money on his contract. You know, they're most likely to make it. And then Burris is kind of my, I have him in um, just because I think he's, he has that positional versatility. He can play in the box. He can play in the back end and also can line up on a tight end. So I think he gives you that positional versatility. I know he's been a little banged up. So I'll be curious to watch him on Thursday night. Obviously I've gone with five. Uh, Randall, Burnett as your two starters. Whitehead, obviously they love. Eric Murray and Red One. I think Red One's just too much of an investment for them to give up so early. Yeah, I think with him it comes down to is he 100% healthy? Because if he's healthy, then he makes the team. I just He's one of those guys that needs a little bit of time to develop, but he'll never get through to the practice squad. So, you know, that's how I see him making it. Yeah, I've gone with Tim Burgess on the practice squad, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Anything else you want to add on to defense? No, I, I think if you look at the defense, you just see so much skill. I mean, I know they've invested a lot financially into the defense, but I mean, from a talent standpoint, there's very few positional battles that are even uh, up for grabs and even some of the backups. I mean, we're looking at guys now as backups that would have started on other Browns teams. I mean, just the depth in the positions that they've brought in. You know, remember last year, Dorsey went through and overhauled that cornerback room. Um, I think that it's really showing dividends. I mean, you have some serious step at all three levels of the defense. And I'm sure Steve Wilkes is just licking his chops at what he can do. I mean, so much versatility on that side of the ball. I mean, I really, after watching that first half against Tampa, said if this, they were playing four quarters, I don't think Tampa's scoring. I mean, that defense looked that good, and that's with very little game planning. But 9 nothing at half, the offense sputtered out, but that defense wasn't giving up an inch. I mean, even on the first drive, the Tampa got a first down, and then three plays later, they were at negative six total yards. So. It's that defense is coming at you, and there's just so much talent on that side of the ball. Oh, mate, it's tough, mate. It's tough. One player we didn't talk about at safety is uh, JT Hassel. He's I've penciled mm-hmm. him in my practice squad. We can talk about him a bit later, but he could be an outsider who may make this roster. I don't disagree. They'll have to stay tuned for the next few minutes to get into the practice squad. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, kicker, who are you going with for your kicker? I think right now Colquitt is in. Um, like I said, you're, these three spots are going to be guys. I got it as Colquitt, uh, Seifert, and uh, Hewitt just because they don't even have a competition for Hewitt. So Charlie Hewitt's through. Colquitt, he doesn't make enough money to be a cap casualty. Um, while I think that the hammer has done uh, a lot, and I think that he's definitely going to be on a roster, Colquitt's versatility with you know holding and just his ability to kind of be a little bit more 
you know, as a former punter myself, his ability to put the ball in positions inside the 20 is a, is night and day better than uh, the hammer right now. Hammer making boot it in open field longer, but sometimes you can outkick your coverage on that one. Um, I just don't see Colquitt giving up that job. I mean, he's too much of an asset right now to that special teams. And Mike Prefer brought him into the league. So, I mean, there's definitely a connection there. I agree. I, I think uh, Cybert's our kicker and Scottish Hammer, how much everyone loves him is the uh, is the mature thing to say, I'm afraid to say, he doesn't make mm-hmm. it. Watch his space yeah. in a year's time or another NFL roster, he could be on. Oh, I love it. Well, I think I know why. You want a random Paul Brown practice squad factoid for you? Do you know that your fellow namesake, Paul Brown, actually invented the practice squad? So back in the 40s, Paul Brown had this thing. He actually called it the taxi squad. So what it was is the owner of the Browns at the time was a guy by the name of Mickey McBride. And Mickey McBride actually owned a taxi company. So what Paul Brown would do is after kind of they were cutting down the roster, old Mickey McBride would hire a few of the players onto his taxi company, not really as drivers, just as employees, and he'd keep them on the payroll. So the uh, the first generation of practice squad were the taxi squad invented by your namesake, Mr. Paul Brown. Ian, mate, providing so much wealth of knowledge, mate. It's unbelievable. Mate, I wonder how many Browns fans actually knew that. I don't know. I remember I learned that a number of years ago. Somebody had told that to me, and I was like, wow, that's a great stat. Mate, that's very good. I, I've just filed it away. It's, it's my practice squad uh, <laughs> Paul Brown piece of nugget there. So. so with the practice squad, I've gone with four offense and six defense. So that kind of contradicts what you said about potentially if we're going for heavy defenses – then we should be um, have heavy practice offense. But I've gone with one running back because they always get seem to get up and battered. Gray, mm-hmm. I've gone with Hyman as a wide receiver. Uh, P. Brown, same as myself. Farrell Brown as a tight end. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Steeton as your tackle, if he is eligible as a practice squad. I do believe he is, yeah. So that's my four. Who would you go with your offense practice squad? So on offense... I could see a guy, like I mentioned earlier, Willie Wright, my, you know, W. Wright. We have the same last name, but, yeah, I think Willie Wright may be a guy that, you know, they can get through. Um, also, I think you're right. I think Trayvon Gray right now, he runs a little high up, but I, if I'm not mistaken, Alonzo Highsmith a few weeks ago had kind of mentioned that he has that raw skill they're looking for, and he is a practice squad type of guy. So I do think that they keep him over A.J. Olette, even though uh, Olette is the kid from Ohio University. Um, and then I think Pharaoh Brown, Steven Carlson, you know, there's your battle for tight end to see which one could be on the practice squad. I think probably you're right. Pharaoh Brown right now would have the leg up barring that some other team out there doesn't cut some of their leg better. I think they may keep two guys from the practice squad in the receiver room. I think that's where a guy like Braxton Miller. So I did look it up. He is eligible. Um, you can only accumulate three years. This would be a second. So you could keep a Braxton Miller. I think Hyman, I think they like what they see out of him. Um, I know he got banged up a couple games ago, but I think two out of the three from a Hyman Miller, she, he is kind of a long shot. He's kind of a one trick pony. Great story. Um, you know, I just see them keeping two guys there in that uh, wide receiver room. 
So Braxton Miller would give you value in, you know, kind of running scout team for any mobile quarterbacks, i.e. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, who they play. Um, that would give you that flexibility. So I got two wideouts, a tight end, um, a lineman, and a running back. And they probably may even keep a third. And this is where that 6-4 comes in. I don't really like any of the tackles. That might be your sixth guy. Yeah, the one name you did mention was uh, Dorian Baker, who had that catch mm -hmm. uh, in the last yeah. game. Maybe he squeezes on the practice squad. <sighs> he's, the, he's probably the long he, – he's right down there with Shihi to me. Did make a great play. I think them having DJ Montgomery kind of on IR um, helps them a little bit from a long-term development. So, but I could definitely see Baker maybe catching on somebody else's practice team. I just think right now they maybe like a little bit more out of Hyman. Uh, so it, it could go either way. There may be something they like about him, but for right now, I had him on the outside. For defense, I've gone with Ikul, defensive tackle. Yep. Linebacker, Will Harvey. Safety, Justin Burris. And JT Hassel. And then the cornerbacks, Pipkins and Robert Jackson. Yeah, and we're similar in the names. I definitely think that Daniel, uh, Daniel Ucale makes it through. Now, you also have in the D-TAC room, you've got Carl Davis, who they picked off off of waivers from the Ravens last year. He's the third-round pick out of Iowa. And you also have Brian Price, who is a guy they kept from last year as well. They've played, so I'd have to look at whether or not they got into more to six games, so their eligibility is kind of up in the air. But you've got three guys in Davis, Ucale, and Price that really can vie for that practice team squad at D-Tackle. I think you're right when it comes to the DBs. I think Robert Jackson, Donnie Lewis, Pipkins, Tavier Thomas, they're fighting for two spots. To your point earlier about the draft capital, Donnie Lewis probably has a head up. So I could see them maybe going with Jackson and Lewis or Lewis and Pipkins. Definitely an option there. And then JT Hassel, I think in Montreal Meander, who the guy they picked up last week, I think those two are really battling for that safety spot. I know they love what they see out of Hassel. Um, I believe uh, Highsmith got him out of Florida at some combine workout. I think he ran like a four three something. So I know they really love the uh, the measurables on him. Um, that's and he's made some great plays in camp. So I think yeah, definitely he's a guy that is a a, a prime candidate for the practice squad. Willie Harvey, I think, is probably their best linebacker prospect, so we agree there. I think he's night and day better than Stubbs and Diedrich Young. Um, I don't see them keeping a quarterback, so that kind of gives them the availability to really add that, that versatile defender or versatile offensive guy, whoever they want to go with. But we also have to factor in that they have eyes on guys across the league that they really want to get their hands on. There could be two or three practice squad spots that are really available to kind of the player development guys. That's where you're, you're Elliot Wolf's out there trying to find the next latest and greatest. So it wouldn't shock me if a couple of these guys don't make it, but a couple of these guys, I think they're really not going to let go of. Last question is last year, we had the number one waiver wire claim. Correct. This year, obviously we haven't, I think we're somewhere middle, middle of the road. How many players do you think we'll pick up externally on Sunday? I think they'll probably put in several claims, but, you're right. Our waiver claim, you know, obviously goes off of your previous year's draft position, you know, so we are down in that kind of 17 range. If you remember right when we traded that pick to the giants. So if we're awarded more than two guys initial off the initial cuts, I'd kind of be shocked. I mean, that's, it's one of those ones where you see all these guys go in Dorsey has kind of an, an ability to know 
when guys go in the draft, who's going to get through. That's kind of one of his strengths is figure out. And a lot of these GMs know, you know, this guy's in their system. So there's a little bit of an unspoken rule on some guys. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see two, possibly a third. I'd really be shocked if there's more than three. But, yeah, two, three guys are coming in here um, off of those waiver claims. And then you'll see kind of that bottom five of the roster start shaking through the practice squad. So really that's kind of where those guys earn their money. They really understand the nuances of the league. They know who needs what, you know, and, and that's what I could see them kind of doing over the next week before we uh, strap it up against the Titans. Yeah. Super excited. Uh, who are you excited to see uh, Browns versus Lions? So the guys I'm going to be watching, I think Garrett Gilbert is going to get a substantial amount of time there. Um, I don't need to see any more Drew Stanton or Baker. So you guys enjoy your night off. Um, so I think Gilbert's going to be out there. I'm almost to the point where I've seen enough of Dearness Johnson. You know, I think he plays a role in this team. Um, you know, if Trayvon Gray and Olette and those guys want to get out there and run the rock, you know, run the rock, I want to see it. I think that the strong Willie's Ratley, if Ratley does not play on Thursday, I think you can almost guarantee he's on the squad because if they don't want to put him out there and make him earn anything, they must have some other plans for him. So that kind of bottom of the roster uh, receiver spot, I think we're going to get a really good extended look at Braxton Miller. Uh, we're really going to be able to see what he can do. You know, I had kind of mentioned the last time I was on with you, his ability once he gets the ball in his hands. And everybody watched that Tampa game, was waiting for him on that crossing route. He gets outside of that, that defender, and I think he would have been uh, dancing up the sideline. So I think they really are going to feature Braxton Miller, see what he has. Um, the offensive line is going to be hit or miss. You know, a lot of these guys I haven't been too impressed with, so I want to kind of see who's going to stand up and solidify themselves. Um, defensively, the front seven, I, I, there's not a lot of guys on there. I think Daniel Ucale is going to be out there. Davis, Price, those guys may be fighting for that last spot, maybe that practice squad spot. Willie Harvey's a guy who made that nice play against Indy, batting the ball down. We're going to get to see a little bit of him. And then your guy, JT Hassel. I think JT Hassel and Montreal Meander are really going to be battling it out. But, you know, these last couple spots will be interesting because, you know, you're really going to have 30, 35 guys playing for 15 to 20 spots. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be tough. So I'm excited for it. I, I, as all my friends know, I love watching these preseason games, really watching these guys develop, you know, kind of finding the diamond in the rough, seeing where the guys come from. You know, a couple of years ago, if you remember right, Isaiah Crowell had a breakout fourth game, uh, preseason game, and they almost couldn't put him on waivers. I know they really wanted to move into the practice squad, but phew, he was on fire, so they couldn't do that. So I'm waiting for one of the guys to do it. The kicking battle is another one. I think Seifert took a leg up on Greg Joseph. I mean, Joseph's been inconsistent, but – that, that uh, kick that Seifer had that was halfway up the goalpost at 54 yards shows you he's got a leg on him. So basically, yeah, Thursday night, Greg Joseph job to lose now. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And I wouldn't be surprised if he misses, like, the first kick that Kitchen says, hey, you're uh, Austin, finish it out. All the kicks are yours. Because, uh, you know, we've seen it. You know, we know what we get out of him. He's got a leg. He's going to hit some, but you're not 100% sure. It's kind of like me and a golf team. Not 100% sure if it's going to go down the fairway or end up in uh, some of the wash on the side. Well, Ian, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show again. Tell us, where can we find your details? Twitter, Ian19. I know I got a lot of positive feedback from you guys uh, the last time I was on. Uh, I do love it. I, I love talking Browns football. Um, so any questions that people have for me, shoot them my way. 
Um, but again, thank you for reaching out and inviting me on the show. It's, it's always a pleasure, you know, uh, any, any facts I can share with the people, I'd be more than happy to. So mate, I'm loving the Paul Brown taxi squad. Absolutely. We should get t-shirts made. <laughs> mate, could be an idea. <laughs> you, you'd be the first member on the Paul Brown taxi squad. All right, Ian. Mate, I look forward to speaking to you soon and uh, hopefully see you out at Cleveland later on this season. Absolutely. And uh, go Browns on Thursday night. Go Browns. Go Browns.